0: And Laura, we are just mixing up the schedule this week, courtesy of yours truly, because I don't believe in structure, apparently, this week, and so here we are recording on a Friday night, which feels like maybe the first time we've ever done it, well, maybe since we recorded after every game, which was the most unhinged thing we've ever done in our lives, (laughs) so the first time we're recording on a Friday night in a very long time to post this episode almost immediately, so that way... Folks can listen to this one before the jackets take on the Bruins tomorrow night. But Laura, how are things treating you in lovely Newark, Ohio? Is it snowing less than it is in Grand Rapids, Michigan?
1: It's not snowing at all here. So, so yeah.
0: Yeah, the final answer is uh <laughs> it is snowing more in Grand Rapids.
1: So yes, based on the Snapchats that you sent me of what is happening in Grand Rapids, it is I mean, it's cold here, don't get me wrong, but like it's not snowing, thank God. Um Because I, as I've spoken about before on the show, just absolutely loathe snow. Yeah, so, we're past the we're past
0: the point of Laura visiting me for the rest of the of the winter season. Laura will probably not be up in Grand Rapids until maybe April. <laughs>
1: right. I literally said that out loud to myself when you sent me that Snapchat. I was like, "Oh, no more visiting."
0: Yeah, no. It would be. It would be unless someone
1: time. else is driving me. If someone else is coming along for the journey and can drive, sure, that's fine. But I cannot. Not after what we experienced when we moved you up there.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't even say that that is, like, the worst that I've driven through. When I came to Columbus for the Pentatonics concert and the Avi concert, which, granted, was not in Columbus. Like, I, I drove elsewhere for that, but I met friends in Columbus. There was a snowstorm hitting hard in, like, in between Grand Rapids and Lansing. And so I was white knuckling it, pretty much in the same places that you and I were. <laughs> we were going, going to Grand Rapids for the first time. So uh, don't love that for for me. It's that time of year where I often wonder whether or not the weather reports are going to be accurate, and I'm going to have to like just stay in my office, <laughs> just like sleep there.
1: <laughs> I literally contemplated pulling off to the side of the road and just living there. Like I was like, this is where I live now, just on the side of the road, because I will never move again.
0: That was a really just overall bad time. Like there is not really much about that experience other than maybe us getting ramen. That was a good that time.
1: wasn't even till the next day.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. That day bad. That day was quite bad. It started off so well though. Everything got packed so fast, everything was in the moving truck so quickly. And then it was bad. Yeah. Nothing great. It was wasn't
1: great. It was a time. But hey, we got you and all of your stuff mostly up there in One Piece. So
0: that is true. Only a couple of things uh, were sacrificed, but that's okay. That's okay. And now I'm getting ready to move again. So that is a choice that I'm making. But we're probably only on like the last like four or five episodes that I'll be like in this, like in this space. So I don't know if that's exciting to people or if it's not. It's really? exciting to me. Yeah. When
1: are you moving?
0: Like mid-January. So, I mean, like, with the holidays and with everything else, like, shit's going to get weird. So, it's just going to be like a, you know, moving adventure for me. I got to figure it out. I'm going to have to take time off during the week to move. Isn't that crazy?
1: I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, I would assume you would have to do that.
0: Only because... I don't have weekends in January. I have no weekend that I can do. No, so, so that is why I'm going to have to take time off during the week, which sucks. Um, but I will probably not take a personal day because I am working on like this. So <laughs> I think after the break from January 4th until February 10th, I don't have a day off. I might have one or two.
1: You know, are you working on Martin Luther King Day?
0: That is one of the couple that of days off that I have. <laughs> so that's a really exciting moment for me. But um but yeah, so it's going to be a journey, but it'll be great. It'll be great. And totally unrelated, I also bought some vodka today, which was exciting. <laughs> it's actually entirely related and it's entirely related to everything that I just said, so
1: I did did. clarify that he bought more than just vodka at the grocery store.
0: To which I responded, yeah, the cranberry (laughs) juice." So, of course I did. We're staying well-nourished out here. But, no, after we're done recording, I am going to make, like, my favorite soup, and I'm really excited about that. And then I'm literally just – I, like – Get this image in your in your brain, friends. Uh I'm just like not wearing pants. I'm just in a crew neck. I'm just like all cozy and like a fuzzy like red blanket. And I'm just like really enjoying that for myself. And I don't plan on leaving this space until Sunday when I have to Christmas shop because guess who hasn't bought a single thing for Christmas?
1: You and me both, but mine are for different reasons than yours.
0: I also have to hope and pray that the post office next to me, like if I can get to it. In, t- in one piece tomorrow. <laughs> because I have all my Christmas cards that I have to mail still, and I don't have stamps, and those are important.
1: Mm-hmm. They for- are important.
0: So, hey, it if you hurt, want to
1: a I- card me, DM us on our Twitter. I'll send you <laughs> one. <laughs> I do believe that they are still requiring stamps.
0: That's fucked up.
1: This is a total side note. Yeah, but we're not exactly
0: to... talking about anything specific right now, so go ahead. No, I,
1: well, h- hockey is not exactly the fun thing to talk about, but I got so excited because my favorite childhood author and illustrator has—he passed away a couple of years ago, but they're now making stamps of his most favorite, most famous book, and I can't wait to buy them and not use them.
0: Well, tell the people, like, fill them in. Oh, like you said, sorry.
1: hockey is not I... the fun
0: thing to talk about right now. So if you can talk about anything else other than hockey, go for it.
1: So I love, still love, uh, Tommy DePaula books. And if you're familiar, he did, like, Stregonona and Nona um, and the art class. And, like, it's all really, and he's an incredible illustrator. And I just loved his books as a kid. And he did sadly pass away like three years ago, like really tragically, like he fell in his house and hit his head and died. Like he wasn't sick or anything. It was just like a really tragic accident. But they're coming out with stamps from Stragonona and I'm so excited.
0: I have just learned that I just don't casually read. Because, like, everything that you just said to me was, like, absolutely outside of my wheelhouse. Like, I... Like, when
1: you were a kid, you didn't casually read?
0: No. No, I mean, Your like, mom think, didn't well, read
1: to you? Oh, well, sure. Like, that... Well, yeah. Absolutely. These are, like, books that, like... These are, like, kids' books, not, like, chapter oh. books. Hello, oh,
0: well, I... No, I didn't... But I don't... That was never in the repertoire. There were definitely a lot of books that were in the repertoire, but... That was not one of them. It might, I mean, not that I'm aware of.
1: They're kind of niche, but my oh, mom was a librarian when I was a kid too. So yeah. like, um, but this is also a weird thing, but I tell this to my friends all the time. If you ever have a child that you need to explain grief to, um, or like is going through a, a time of grief or grieving, um, Tommy DePala did an incredible book called Nana Upstairs, Nana Downstairs that like is really phenomenal with explaining grief to kids that was really dark but
0: (laughs) i think i need to read not upstairs not a downstairs because i still don't know if i know how to deal with grief so
1: (laughs) yeah if you're looking for if you're looking for if you have a child in your life and you want to buy them a books or books definitely look up tommy to The art lesson is literally what inspired me as a little kid that I wanted to be an artist or an art teacher. Um, I'm clearly not that right now, but, like, that was my inspiration, so.
0: Yeah. I
1: love that. Thank you for
0: sharing. Anything else other than hockey to talk about? Anything at all? Anything? Anything at all? Anything. I mean, like, what what are you having for dinner tonight? What are you...
1: Oh, I'm having tortellini and garlic bread. So
0: oh, good! That sounds And really I make lovely.
1: meatballs.
0: Oh my god! Can you freeze some?
1: Yes. I'll be there soon. Um, I make really good meatballs. Not to toot my own horn, listeners. No, um, I'm also, I'm also strangely making more pit cells this weekend. Why? Because I ate through all the ones that I had here at my house.
0: When you have all the ingredients still.
1: Yeah. That's
0: fair. And it's not even that.
1: Christmas. You need pittells at Christmas.
0: Well, Anne, I'm sure you're probably running low on the anise smell in your house. And you probably want to get that back up to where it needs to be.
1: I was shocked when I still came in from my errands today. And I opened the door and I was like, "Whoop, no, still there. Wow. I haven't left in like a couple of days. So I had gone kind of nose blind to it. So...
0: I'm still afraid of that. I, I need it to air out before I'm there next week. But but I guess we should probably talk about hockey at some point, 10 minutes into the show. We should probably <laughs> make that transition. Uh, you know, not – I mean, only one hockey game to actually talk about between our last episode and now. So that part's not too terrible, I guess. I mean, well, actually it is. Like, that's the point. Um, but It ended terribly, yes. Correct. I will say the one thing – that brings me peace and joy was the fact that the Blue Jackets started Daniil Tarasov against the Lightning, which, if you were here last week, you or not last week, two days ago at this point, uh, you know how passionately I felt about that. And so glad that that happened. Still a little bummed that they didn't send them back down. To play this weekend in cleveland maybe they will after saturday because the jackets are off maybe they'll send him down after saturday's game so he can play against laval on sunday in cleveland but uh, it's also their teddy bear toss game on sunday so that would be fun for him like you said to to see that but but yeah so
1: note again yeah ohio state's teddy bears ohio state's men's hockey teddy bear tosses this weekend too
0: that's great. They're on my shit list right now still. So I'm like really not that excited to hear that. But um, but, if, but you're hey, going, if, the, if
1: people are going to see Bowling Green, they can still bring. <laughs>
0: oh, I think he's Zumba. Is that what it is? Is that the Bowling Green like rally call? I think he's Zumba. Yeah, I think it is. I don't think I made yeah. that up. feels like a really weird thing for me to just pull out of thin air. But, But yeah, so go check that out. throw throw a toy on ice that'd be fun but yeah so thankfully daniel tarasov gets to start and i mean the jackets were only down one nothing at the end of the first but a lot of that had to do i felt like with the play of tarasov in that first period i thought he played really well i thought he played really well in the second period too uh and i don't even know when we get to the third period if i would say that he played poorly but But yeah, I mean, just to to see him come out and to get another start under his belt. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about Daniil Tarasov for a while. But realistically, I think this is—I don't even think think he started twenty games yet as an NHL pro. I think he started like seven or eight this year. He started a few last year before he got hurt. So obviously, he's he's under
1: fifteen.
0: Yeah, he's still really green, right? And so good for him to get that start. Uh, And, of course, you know, we look at the second period and who else but Karel Marchenko scoring his second goal. So a lot, the first two periods, a lot to be okay with, I think. I, like, feel pretty okay about that. Do you have – what were your thoughts on the first two periods? How do you feel it went? Who were you impressed by? What were your general thoughts?
1: I think knowing our history in playing Tampa and things not going swimmingly, basically since – We swept them, like you know, the one solid memory that all Blue Jackets fans will carry with them till we die is sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning and in the first round of the playoffs. But you know, they have a tendency to like not go great when we play each other, regardless of if we're at home or if we're in Tampa. But I was, I was shockingly impressed the first two periods. I mean, like you said, Tarasov played lights out, like, was just so strong in the goal. The whole game, I, I don't believe that the third period is any reflection on his play over the, the, the totality of the game, but it just was a slow game. Like, it was a lot of back and forth. Like, we had pretty good energy through the first and second period, But what shocked me, and I think is what's contributed to how this whole game played out, is our first and second line could not find rhythm to save their lives. Like, similarly to Florida, which thankfully not as bad scoring-wise. Well, I guess technically, since they shut us out for nothing, but... um, Florida, or not Florida, Tampa just honed in on Johnny Gaudreau and simply just took him out of every single equation. Like every single play when Johnny was on the ice, they were like, nope, not going to happen. And we were, of course, doing that somewhat with their top players. Um, But it just, it's getting frustrating, I think, especially for players like Johnny and Patrick who want to be able to play. But now these teams are like, they know that we're like quote unquote kind of one trick ponies and they're parts of those one tricks. And so teams are just, their strategies are focused on those two players and basically will never score. Obviously there's an exception with Krill Marchenko, which is amazing, but It was just really frustrating because it seemed like every time the first and second lines were out, it just, nothing was coming together. Like, and of course in the third period, um, you know, Gus has a terrible pass cross ice that gets intercepted and leads to a goal, like, which I'm sure fuels your hate fire for him being on (laughs) either the first or second line, but And, you know, so those were the disappointing moments. But for me, the, like, highlights were how well, I guess we're calling it the kid line now, the Cole Sillinger, Kent Johnson. um, It's not Cheney. Oh, Krill Marchenko line. Um, Duh, he scored. Um, But I was really impressed with them. Like, Tampa is a hard team to play against. And when that line came out on the ice, they held their own and they really I mean Tampa has a solid lineup literally (laughs) Jeff and Jody could not stop talking about how incredible Tampa's lineup is all night long so trust me Tampa has a great lineup and it was impressive to see them go out there and really like Kent Johnson really using his hockey knowledge and like against players who have been in this league for multiple years And him just showing a real level of confidence. And of course, Kro Marchenko getting his second goal. And finally, finally, Cole Cylinder getting a point after I think like 17 games. I mean, it was an assist, but like it's been such a long time. And poor Cole like really, really needed that. So it was really nice to see them really succeed, even if we didn't win. But I will say that. Unsurprisingly, Jack Rosovic's line got benched for most of the third period. Cause that was hot garbage. Well that what's, game.
0: what's interesting though is like
1: you look at if we
0: look just at time on ice five on five, here here's here's what you're looking at. So first line minutes were Ken Johnson, Cole Cylinder and Karel Marchenko. That, they had the most minutes in five-on-five. Five. Then your second line was Liam Foodie, Sean Corrali, Matthew Olivier. Then your third line was Patrick Lyonet, Jack Roslovic, and Igor Tinnikov. And your fourth line, playing the least amount of minutes, five-on-five, five, was Johnny Goudreau, Boone Jenner, and Gus Nyquist. And, I mean, to be fair, when you also look at the expected goals when each of those lines were on the ice for both teams, that didn't not make sense. Like that was appropriate because if you look at it, I mean, you look at the on ice expected goals for, for that kid line, 0.427 expected against 0.014. I mean, they were playing well, you look down at, I mean, then you're in the negative for the other three lines, but you know, the foodie uh, traditional fourth line, They're at 0.1514, 0.316 against, um, 0.184 for the Lion-A-Rosovic-Chinikov line, 0.746 against, 5-on-5, and then 0.327 for the traditional first line, and a whopping 0.876 goals for Tampa. And so when you look at that and you just see, like, man, like, that gives you, that fills you in a little bit on the story of how this game went for the Jackets. And obviously you want Ken Johnson, Kromachenko and Cole Sillinger to be playing really well. Those are the three people that you've identified as being, you know, really good top six middle six wingers for you and, and hopefully a center or two in that group. But, but ultimately it just was, it fell apart in the, in the third. Right. And I mean, Tarasov really keeps the Jackets in it in the second. I mean, Tampa, They score early and you just think, oh, man, like this is going to be bad in the first period. And the Jackets find a way to stifle it. But really the opportunities for the Jackets were just not really there in the first period. I mean, they kept Tampa at bay. But the second period is where you finally get a little bit of a breakthrough. And and honestly, like a Kirill Marchenko goal that like is it it, like shows you what kind of a shot he has. But it's also probably a goal that Andre Vasilevsky really wants back. Because that just is not – he didn't play. It wasn't him. Yeah, it was it their backup goal. Right, their back of work. But nevertheless, it's still the case, right? I mean, like that's a goal that you hope your goaltender doesn't give up. And so, man, I just hate that we are the – hey, this is a good game to start your backup team against. Um, but <laughs> – yeah, so then, like you said, I mean, like things just absolutely like doors blown off in the third, and obviously the four to one scoreline looks a little bit more dramatic than the actual game does because you get the empty net goal, um, by Brandon Hagel, the last two goals of the game scored by him, and and so there's not much you can do about, like, I mean, that like Braden Point goal, that third, that second goal to make it because that's who scored the second goal. Yes, yeah? so it was Braden Point,
1: mm hmm, I believe so. Yeah.
0: So, I mean that was just like a perfect tip. I mean, nobody's covering him in front of that, in front of Terry. And I mean, he, he's going to capitalize on those chances against most goaltenders. It's not really a, ref- a reflection on, on Terry, but he had more, he had more, excuse me, let me restart that. He had less goals given up than expected. So that's not a commonality for blue jackets goaltending this year. Like, let's just name that. Let's just say that and move past it. But uh, to your point, though, good to see the kid line performing. Really need that those first two lines to step it up. And they surely, I mean, they will. I mean, like, quietly, right? I mean, like, if Johnny Goudreau keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to have one of the best seasons in Blue Jackets history. And, like, we're talking about this team just absolutely, like, being in the cellar and hitting rock bottom. And we're still seeing really great things from him. Patty started scoring at Will when he came back. Here's hoping that he's going to be able to find that game again. And – we'll see what the jackets do on, on Saturday against Boston, because you would have to think that something's got to shift. Like you've got to think that whether it's strategy, whether it's lineup, something's got to be different Laura. I, and maybe, maybe you have some thoughts on that. And I know I do, but um, before we move on to t- talking about Boston and just thinking about Boston, what are there any other takeaways from this one against Tampa?
1: I thought Liam foodie swapped in really beautifully for Eric Robinson, who was out due to illness Um, I had, you know, when we had recorded last, I had said that if anyone was going to get swapped in, it was probably going to get Liam Foodie because it's been a minute since he's played and, you know, much like Tarasov, like we need to be playing these people if we're going to have them up here. And so give them the opportunity when present. So it'll be interesting to see if Eric is well enough tomorrow to swap in or Saturday. Um, to swap back into the lineup, but I thought Liam Foodie did great on that fourth line with Crowley and Olivier, and you know Crowley and Olivier like have a rhythm together a lot of the times, and they're you know they're big boys, and Liam Foodie isn't necessarily like the biggest kid, so he holds his own with those two too, and that that was really nice to see. And yeah, it just you know it's very rare in Blue Jackets games that we win a second period and like I don't think anyone could argue the fact that we won that second period during that game because it was all Columbus and like we were really 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 trying and obviously we got the goal from Marchenko but I think they were really trying to end up ending that period you know with a lead but it just wasn't happening and even for their backup goalie like he also played lights out so it just was a frustrating circumstance, but we're going to, something's going to need to shift for Boston because Boston plays such a interesting (laughs) type of hockey that with our current performance, and I know that it's also probably because we just simply haven't had a lot of road games yet. Like, I don't know who said it the other day, but, we're already halfway through the number of home games in a season and it's early December. Like that's how many home games that the Blue Jackets have had in the first part of this season. Like there's literally only like a little over 20 home games left, which is absolutely crazy. But so that is, you know, another situation that we have to deal with because we haven't traveled that much and, you know, to be struggling to begin with and then throwing in the traveling is a lot. But if if something doesn't switch a little bit or like there is not like an understanding of how to do things a little bit differently tomorrow, Saturday, um, I'm afraid Boston's going to really take advantage of that. And it might be another ugly game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very fair point. I need you to know that the only thing running through my brain when you said big boy was Sizzle's SNL skit. It's the only (laughs) thing that's occupying my brain space right now. Oh my gosh. So to
1: add to that, I sent this to you on TikTok, but you probably didn't see it because you're, You've probably got like 900 things on TikTok that I've sent you, but <laughs> the Blue Jackets
0: used that it was song. Weird. I didn't like it. I did see that. I did not like it. I
1: felt uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, especially because it was like Igor Chinnikov. And I'm like, oh, okay. like
1: It's also it's a song about cuffing season. And like, it, I, I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> And so that's why I sent it to you because I was like, "Um, or you I mean, like, usually they do great things with the social media, but like, I don't know who, I don't, I don't, maybe they didn't fully listen to the song and understand what it was about. But like, there's other songs that talk about big boys that aren't as uncomfy.
0: I would have loved that with Stinger. That
1: would have been funny.
0: We're making that. Nobody take that. I might edit it out of the episode. <laughs> I want to make that. Hey and Tyler, we're TikTok. adding we're adding
1: this to our list of video projects. No, that's
0: our next TikTok. It's going to be really shitty. It's going to be really terrible, but that'll be what it is. Um,
1: but but yeah, that's a side tangent. I was just very very uncomfortable <laughs> with their high. use of that song. <laughs> well,
0: you know, what you won't be uncomfortable with
1: winning money on DraftKings.
0: Yeah, you're going to find a lot of comfort in the money that you're going to take home on DraftKings this holiday season because hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, Laura, you started to allude to it a little bit. Uh, Things are going to have to be different in Boston. You're going to need to change things up when you go to the nation's asshole capital of the world and I I hate them am so much wor- I'm worried about what that means like I'm because there's not really much room for change right like that's the piece of it that's really complicated but but yeah the jackets are going in I mean like this is like the most alarming piece I'm going through like doing our pre-game like just kind or pre-episode I should say look at just like you know the preview of the game going on to the NHL app like just kind of reading through like the comparisons and stuff like that I – let's sit in this for a second. Okay. Looking at team stats, the Columbus Blue Jackets power play percentage, 13.9%, 32nd in the league. That's last. In case you forgot, added two more teams. We're at 32 teams now in the NHL, so 32 out of 32, that. But Boston, 27.9%, third in the league with a man advantage. Blue Jackets penalty kill, 79 respectable 17th in the league fine all right with that boston 85.7 percent first in the league let me tell you what doesn't fucking match up a team that's the first in the league in penalty kill going up against a power play unit that's 32nd in the league if you think we're scoring a power play goal against the boston bruins you are mistaken and i will gladly eat my words if they do then we look at, I mean, face-off percentage, it's fine. 51% for the Jackets. thirteenth in the league. I mean, like, if we're doing well anywhere, it's there. Uh, 55% though for Boston, that's second in the league. Looking at goals for, goals four per game, 2.79 for the Jackets, 27th in the league. So even even with all this high power, offensive prowess that we have, like, in our top couple of lines, 27th in the league. Boston, 3.79 goals per game, second in the league. Goals allowed per game. Shout out to the Anaheim Ducks for making sure that the Columbus Blue Jackets stay 31st on this list all year because (laughs) Jesus, dear God, John Gibson needs some help. But 4.07 goals per game. 4.07.
1: That's so many. It's a
0: lot. And Boston, 2.14. Best in the league. All of that is to say, that one of two things is going to happen against Boston. The Blue Jackets are going to win and make no sense and play a really good game, or they're going to get the doors kicked in. Like, there's no – I don't think there's a middle ground where we lose, like, 3-1, to 4-2. to two. I think it's one or the other. Like, I don't see a situation where the Blue Jackets, like, are competitive but lose. Like, it just is nerve-wracking. Like, this is one of those games, it's at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, which is also just weird – we're gonna sit down and watch this game, and it's gonna be two oh eight, and I'm gonna text you and be like, "Oh my god, kill me <laughs> if they don't figure this out."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um, I don't like playing Boston anytime. Like, right. I've made that those feelings known. Um, the only revealing quality about Boston is Nick Foligno, and even sometimes I had to haven't liked no. his yeah,
0: pissed us off at some point during that game.
1: Yeah, like I'm kind of afraid that he's going to, because I'm assuming Elvis is going to start tomorrow, so I'm kind of afraid that he's going to like check Elvis in the nuts or something, and it's just going to be bad news bears, but it's, I I agree, like normally I like to say that there would be like a middle ground, like maybe we would lose like 4-3 or like you know, something similar to that or, like, losing overtime. But I honestly do not see a middle ground in the slightest in this scenario. Boston's first half of the season has been so good and ours has been absolute garbage. And so it's gonna go... And, again, I will eat my words if I, if I end up being wrong about this tomorrow, but we're either gonna show out and like be crazy like we did in New York with the Rangers or we might have a repeat of the Sabers situation and be real sad
0: correct correct there is no middle correct. ground well and obviously we hope right that that's not the case but it just feels so so hard to imagine and and honestly like we're at this point in the year and we have been right. Like for a minute where it's like, what, when you go to turn on the TV on, on Saturday, what are you excited about? Like what makes you other than the fact that we have a podcast where we have to talk about it, what makes you turn on the TV on Saturday? I know we have answered this question before, but I absolutely understand why there are blue daggers fans out there that want to hit the fast forward button. I mean, there are 53 games left in the year? We played 29? 53 games left in the year? What? (laughs) holy shit. (laughs) 53! And thank God the NHL didn't do it this year, but they're considering adding two more games to make it an 84-game season, which we could talk about maybe toward the end of the show. But you honestly, if you told me, Jeremy, no, we don't have 53 games left, we have 55 games left, that might be enough to send me over. Like, that would, like... (laughs) I want no more, no more than the 53 games that are left. I will watch it and I'll gladly be excited about like seeing these young guys develop and and seeing how Brad Larson manages things. But um oh fuck. But <laughs> it's just gonna be a long season. So I don't know what it is. I you know what's wild? We have not once this year asked if people are just here for the snacks and I know for a fact that if you're watching this game on Saturday you're watching you you're here for the snacks.
1: Yeah, you're the thing that's getting you through even if it goes well because and we've said this before but like even when a Blue Dragons game is going well it can always be overturned in like a moment in time. Like it just it can. So if you don't have those like comforting snacks you need something to help get you through. Oh, I forgot. I've missed talking about snacks. We need to we need to make another trip to Jungle Gym so that we can do uh food reviews again. I truly
0: do love jungle gyms. If they could sponsor us, I would be into that. Um, so that if you're listening and you have any connection to Jungle Gyms, let us know. I would be all about that. We can get a Cincinnati brand in here. All good by me. But, but yeah, so Boston will be interesting. I I mean, you don't think that anything is going to change major lineup-wise unless Eric Robinson's good to go and maybe maybe putting him back in for Liam Foody. I guess my question would be why. Like, I don't know, like, really that that's going to make a huge difference. And if you like, get Liam some time, I mean – Shit, you're not going to send him down out of fear of him getting claimed, so like, might as well like just swap him in every once in a while, let him get some minutes. But, but yeah, so that won't change. I think you're right. I think Elvis is probably gonna go again or not again, but go against Boston. Uh, last time the Jackets played Boston, shut out for nothing. Obviously, you hope that that is not the case again this time around, but. We shall see, and and even before we record again next, we'll have another game against Dallas on Monday. Which tentatively and currently, we are scheduled to do a watch along on the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube channel. So mark your calendars if you want to watch the game with us. You can do that on their channel at seven o'clock. Uh, again, YouTube, the Hockey Podcast Network. And so
1: we'll, we're really we'll have fun. fun. Like oh, if you right. think we're fun here, we're super fun on the watch alongs.
0: We haven't done one this season, though. And I have to say that, one, I'm probably going to be a little rusty. And two, um, <laughs> hopefully they give us something to talk about. We have to do that our best. Not do our, we have to do our best uh, job of not impersonating Jeff and Jody on this one. I don't know shit about Dallas other than the fact that Jason
1: Robertson. Yeah, I was know. about to say, if it was basically any other team, I think, I would maybe have some more context. But I don't really know a whole lot about the stars,
0: so... I'm really not inspired by the Central Division as a, as a division. I don't know what it is. I just feel like that's the division I know the least about, which is weird because you would think it'd be the Pacific just based on like not ever being able to watch the games, but but I feel like I know more about them than I do the Central, so whenever we play the Central, I'm like, huh. Alright, well, I guess we'll figure this one out. But, yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that we're kind of on the lookout for is Adam Boquist's return. Uh, he's been... He's been skating with the team. He's been taking practice rushes with Gavin They're kind of on the, like, fourth pair kind of deal. Obviously, they're they're the scratches right now. Jeff Bota tweeted out that, uh, you know, obviously Adam Boquist is quote-unquote back, but he's not in game shape. He's not ready necessarily. But, I mean, who's to say that he might not end up playing on Monday against, um, against Dallas? So we wanted to take a second. Laura, like, just who, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, I guess specifically you're looking at Players like Jay Christensen, Tim Burney, uh, you know, you're looking at at those players when you're thinking about who you think is going to end up being the guy who ends up getting subbed out in replacement of of a player such as, uh, you know, Adam Boquist when he returns. So, Laura, just when you look down the lineup, who is the player to you that, that speaks to the the pullback i don't think I, I didn't include marcus bjork in that list he is one of the guys who's called up from cleveland right now but i don't even think he's part of that list do you of guys no who be he's been out. playing
1: he's been playing so well like i think i talked about it in our last episode if not the episode before that but he is really doing everything in his power to prove that he deserves to stay up with the big club like And I yeah, I agree with you fully that I don't think he's all in consideration to being pulled when when Adam Boquist comes back in because he's been so solid. Like out of all the defensemen that we have that are capable of playing, he's been the most solid and consistent, I would say. Gavrikov has been having his moments, but Marcus Bjork has really been playing so well since he came into the lineup. So unfortunately, I think that kind of leaves well the obvious that. of what Just on the
0: NHL app, they're not showing Jake Christensen as did he get sent down?
1: Um, not that I know of. I don't think so either. unless they unless I missed a transaction and they had to send him down because they're activating. Because hmm. we would have to send someone down. Right. Yeah. Now I'm like
0: looking for like the different like transactions to try to see if, um, see if maybe I missed that one. But I guess like if Jake Christensen didn't get sent down, then you obviously have a much easier
1: <laughs> task yeah. at hand here. When I
0: we mean, it would have been, her.
1: it would have been between him and, um, Bernie, but I think. Bernie's played pretty well has, since he being he up here too. So it's kind of a little bit of splitting hairs, but I would maybe, if he hasn't already been sent down, I would probably send Jake Christensen to, I would pull him out to put in Adam Boquist. You know, I'm looking and I don't even see that. I, Yeah, I don't. You don't see a transaction? Not that I can tell. Unless they haven't announced it yet, and it's just on the.
0: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> what? I'm also seeing that Stanislav's Votel got loaned.
1: To who? I don't know. Welcome I'm to anyway. Subjectively speaking, finds out random things while recording.
0: Yeah, it says on here. That's it's on Cat Friendly. It says that on December fourteenth he was loaned, but it doesn't say where. It just says loan. Hmm. So I'll figure that out while we're recording too, because that feels like a little bit of news. But, but yeah. So I think, I mean, it's it's tough, right? I mean, it's Jake Christensen apparently like if he gets sent out, I think that's who I would have picked anyway. Jake is somebody who, I mean, obviously he he's quietly one of those prospects that like I don't think Blue Jackets fans talk about that often, but he. Was the I, uh, hold me to this. I don't know if I'm 100% correct on this, but he was one of, if not the leading defensive scorer in the AHL last year. I mean, this is a guy who is a really great two way defenseman. And he was back when, you know, the Olympics stuff was happening and and there was conversation about, okay, well, who can go to the Olympics? Can guys who are in the AHL go? And, and the answer was yes, but only if they're not on an NHL contract. And obviously, Jake Christensen is. So he couldn't go, but Team Canada was like looking at him as somebody who could potentially be a roster player for them at the Olympics. So, I mean, this kid is good. Like, I, I don't think that him being sent back down to Cleveland is in any way, shape, or form uh, an indictment. But with that being said, I also, there feels like there's probably more loyalty to Jake Christensen with the Blue Jackets organization than there is to Tim Bernie. So, I'm a little bit worried that Bernie might be the guy who gets sent down just. As a result of that, so we'll see. We'll play that one by ear. We'll let you know when we find out, and vice versa. But, but yeah, I, I I'm excited to get Boquist back in. I think. Like, I'm excited. I, I mean, it's like he's gonna like this is a piece. He's gonna help the the offense.
1: But yeah, he plays a similar style to Zach Marinsky, so he is a very offensive defenseman. Um, which is good and bad because right now we really do need, like I've said in previous episodes, we really do need a defensive defenseman, um, with a little bit more consistency than we have. Because obviously, Eric Gabranson is a defensive defenseman, but he hasn't really found his like rhythm in place yet. Um, on the team so that's been a struggle point but I mean we also need help with scoring so if Adam Boquist can add to that especially you know in like nitty-gritty situations that would be great but he is also an injury concern because he does get hurt a lot so we shall see hope I'm hoping that this what he's coming back from right now is his last major injury for this season, but I'm knocking on my table. Cause uh, who knows, but it will be nice to see his, his smiling face back on the ice. Um, and I think we'll be like kind of for fans, whether you're like a Bocos fan or not, it'll be nice to finally see someone off of this injury list like come back because I feel like we've been waiting and waiting and it seemed like such a long time that they've been out. Um, So he'll sort of start that chain reaction because hopefully he'll come back, you know, within these next couple of games or within this week and then come the new year and into January, like Nick Blankenberg will come back and, and stuff like that. So hopefully that can bring some, positivity to the fan base to see those people coming back.
0: It definitely will. And good news. I do know why Stanislav Svotzel is listed as alone. It's because Stanislav Svotzel was named to Team Czechia's world junior team. And so that's why, along with David Juracek and Martin Reishevi. So Blue Jackets all around with Team Czechia, but uh, not really anywhere else. That's the other piece. Jordan Dumais got cut from Team Canada. So that's the other Which I guess is weird. It isn't is it the the issue is like Canada it's almost I mean it's not I wouldn't say that it's a like pay your dues kind of a situation but it kind of is. Usually it's only 19 year olds on that team. So Jordan Demay was young still for that lineup. So I'm not broken hearted and it gives him the chance to just keep on racking up the points in the queue and end up I mean, he's going to end up leading the chl in points because now Connor Bedard is is stuck in world juniors which is obviously a great experience but uh not mad about the fact that (laughs) you're gonna rack up some points if you're if you're jordan dumay so uh yeah so i mean here's hoping that between boston and dallas we see the return of adam boquist we see a little bit more consistency and play from the team i mean that's i mean I guess they're consistent when they're bad, but, like, you hope that they can find a way to string together some momentum against teams that are, like, good, right? I mean, like, Boston obviously is, like, one of the best teams in the league this year, and then you've got a team in Dallas that, like, has such great young talent that you're hoping is what the Blue Jackets look like in two to three years, and Jason Robertson is just really freaking great at hockey. And they've got they've got a lot of talent in Dallas, so it's going to be a tough, tough go of it. Uh, They do play on Monday in Columbus, so that'll be nice to get back home, return from this three-game road trip, and go from there. But Laura, before we get in, we got a couple more questions to answer from our lovely listeners. But before we get into those questions, do you have anything else to offer on Boston and Dallas?
1: No, I think you covered everything, and you just got to kind of hope that, I mean, obviously I would never be qualified to coach or do anything of that nature, but you just kind of got to hope that they've taken the notes from Florida and Tampa and are trying to rework some things with the first and second line because our top scoring lines have suddenly come to like a very awkward halt and they need to rework, I think some plays and they need to rework like the communication that they're having on the ice because they've got to just – it sounds like a broken record. They have to rework it because if they keep going with the same thing, all of these upcoming teams are going to know that that is our, quote-unquote – we're going to call it a strong weakness because they're our strongest scorers, but our weakest lines because we can't figure out other ways to use them in which we don't allow the other teams to just completely bombard – Johnny and Patrick. So I hope that Lars and his team are doing that. Um, Lars doesn't like to change things a whole lot. Um, So we shall see, but that's my two cents from someone who literally cannot and will not ever be able to ice skate or will ever be qualified to coach. But from observation, We need to come up with a different strategy because we can't be a one-trick pony in this league.
0: No, you don't win much by being a one-trick pony. That's absolutely certain. And uh, also, just for note, we just got done talking about Jordan Dumais. He's already scored two goals in the first period of the game that uh, Halifax is playing right now. So he's, again, pretty good at what he does.
1: He's also just such a baby, and he's so good. And I mean baby as in like young, not baby as in like childish. He is just super, super young.
0: He is. He is. He's also, I mean, listen, we were just talking about big boys on the show earlier. He is the antithesis of that. So, so that is, that is real and that is what it is. But, but Laura, let's get into some of these questions. I mean, let's start thinking about other things other than what the Jackets are doing this weekend. So we're gonna start. I really outside. like this
1: segment. Questions from listeners. It's
0: fun. It's fun. Yeah. It it breaks up some things. St- what? Some things for us. So, you know, you look at we've got Julie at CBJ Finn. And she asks, you know, can you name a player that you and like say like basically, can you give me a prediction about a player for the rest of the season? And I I need a second. I feel like you have percolated on it. Have you percolated? If not, that's I okay. have
1: percolated a little bit yeah, on it. Go
0: ahead, you can start. Us um,
1: off. my player is Krill Marchenko. Okay. And I think that obviously, and I'm I'm not alone in this, that like we're just seeing the beginning bits of the just strength and skill that Krill has. But my, because it is like it's a prediction for something to happen this season, is what she asked. So. I predict that after the all star break, Krill gets his first hat trick in the NHL.
0: Okay, that's very specific. I like it. I like it. It sounds fun. I could see it. I mean, as long as Brad Larson's gonna have to play more than three shifts in a game though, that might be hard for him. But... Right,
1: right. But I feel like the all star break is also gonna be a like come to Jesus. Situation between Yarmo and the coaching staff, and like things. I just think I have faith that things are going to be not like crazy different, like, not where you know, no expectations of like playoffs or whatever. But like, I just feel like if we're going to be in the seller's market for the trade deadline, the team has to start playing better, which sucks because we. We need to play better in order to get rid of people, which is terrible. But, and obviously we wouldn't be getting rid of Krill. I'm talking about the whole scope of the team just getting better after the All Star break. So my my guess is Krill will get his first NHL hat trick after the break in February.
0: All right. So I'm going to give you three players. Are you ready? Hmm. Vladislav Gavrkov, Gustav Nyquist. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. two out of three of those players will be traded this year. Yes. And I think here's my, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a dart and let's see if it lands. And if it does, we're going to clip this. We're going to act like I'm the smartest man in the room. <laughs> Do you know what? I think Gus Nyquist ends up. Arizona. No, Arizona's not giving a shit for Gus Nyquist. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
1: Canadian or lower 48?
0: Lower 48.
1: Okay. East or West Coast? Girl, you're going to get
0: down to the damn... You're going to ask me 400 questions before you take a guess. No, I just want a division. East or West? Eastern Conference. Don't go asking me no damn Metro or Atlantic.
1: Florida with Bill Zito.
0: No. No. No, I think he's going to end up in Detroit.
1: Oh. oh.
0: Former Detroit Red Wing, drafted by the Red Wings, Gustav Nyquist. That is true. I think. I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, th- the thing about Detroit is, though, they have just a gluttony of, like, really good young wingers. Like, Gotten Bergerin is somebody who's, like, been caught up recently and he's been playing really well in Detroit. He's only – I only know him because I interviewed him when I was doing AHL stuff. And so, like – they look good and they are probably like they could be a playoff team. They could be a buyer at the deadline, but they might not be like a throw away everything at the deadline to to succeed kind of team. And so I I don't know what the asking price is for Gus Nyquist, so I mean I don't know what you can get out of him. So we'll see. But yeah, I think out of the three players that are on UFA deals, I think you're gonna see at least two out of the three of them move. Vladislav Gavrikov is absolutely moving. I mean, like there is no I mean, like let's just like accept that, folks. Like there's no way. Um and that's okay.
1: There's been no movement on his contract negotiation. So I mean it's gonna suck for us, but I I don't think that Yarmo's willing to well at this point I don't think either side's willing to concede on anything. Um and I don't think Yarmo's willing to sell the ship on on Gabby, so it will be sad because I, I do love him and I love his personality on this team, but doesn't seem like it's worth it for him to stay. So.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And if we can get assets out of it too, I mean, I think that's a huge win. And so we'll see where that goes, but that's, that's my hot take. That's your hot take on a player that is wearing union blue this year. And Laura, we've got our good friend Morgan. Our good friend Morgan, who I'm going to say is responsible for Jack Rossovic getting getting hot or having a few good games here. I don't know how you feel if Morgan was part of that. I'm also wondering, Absolutely. Morgan, did you, did you do the seance that we were talking about? And if so, like maybe we should like scrap this part of the show. I don't really want you to get any into any shit for this, but but yeah, so you know, first question just kind of like what are you thinking about two players that the Jackets acquired as enforcers? Matthew Olivier and Erica Branson.
1: My initial just thoughts of how they've been yeah. so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say Olivier has had the better season so far. Um, I, I went into this knowing that both of them were not going to be high scoring players. Like they, like, that's not what their roles are. Like Olivier is a very much so defensively minded offensive player. And um, Erica Branson is a defensive defenseman. So they weren't coming in for scoring, but I will say that I think Olivier has come into this a little bit with a little bit more to, to like, he's felt like he's had to prove himself. So there's a little, a little bit more drive and a little bit more fire in his play, which has gotten him in trouble a couple of times and gotten him like, swapped out of the lineup because he takes things a little too far or does things at inopportune moments, like, during a game. So that's understandable. But – and he's also talked a lot about wanting to prove himself and, like, wanting to show people, like, what he does best. And so we've gotten to see a lot of that. But Erica Branson – and I don't know if it's because he's, you know, a veteran. Like, he's been in the league for quite some time. Like, he has – you know, as we all know, a pretty cushy contract at four years, four million apiece. Um, He just hasn't shown like much of what we were anticipating getting from him. And I'm not sure, like, I don't know if that's, you know, it could be a number of things, but like, I think in these two acquisitions that I'm a bigger supporter of, us acquiring Olivier right now than the Gabranton situation.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that (laughs) feels, feels like easy to me. Like if you ask me which one you think is performing better, I mean, Matthew Olivier, without a doubt, I think it goes to your point though when you said that we knew that Matthew Olivier wasn't going to come in and score a ton of goals because it's not his role. Role is a key word there. Both of these players have similar ish roles just in different positions and that's, be an enforcer, make make people think twice before they run up on a Kent Johnson or a Kromarchenko or an Igor Shinakov, right? Like, make them think twice. Only one of those two players, I think, has has understood the assignment. Only one of those two players has done what he was brought in to do. And so I think in terms of, like, Erica Branson, I want him to succeed. Like, I want him to be worth that contract. Of course, I think everybody does. And if you spend more time complaining about his contract than you do like looking at his game or or critiquing his game and and actually like providing some substantive like analysis of it, then, I mean, I don't really have time for it, but the reality is right. Like he's not doing, he's not filling the role that he was supposed to fill when he got here. And realistically, like I, his performance would probably have him scratched on a team that's competitive right now. Like that's just the reality. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think that Matthew Olivier would be, in the starting twelve forwards for, you know, Boston right now, of course. But still, all of that's to say, I just don't think that that Erica Branson's done what he needed to do. And so, here's hoping, obviously, that that changes. I mean, that's that's key there. But yeah, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And so, another question from from Morgan, just talking about the special teams units. Just are are they improving? Where are they at? I mean, I think our I like our penalty kill a lot. I mean, it's it's pretty middle of the road, but I. I don't know. I like it.
1: No, I think I think middle of the road is the best way to describe it. I mean, I think on certain games, our penalty kill has been what's kept us in and kept us alive and going um, because we have had some games that have (laughs) had. I've had (laughs) Uh, it's Friday evening at seven o'clock. We've had some games that have had so many like we've taken so many penalties and our PK like has really kept us in on against some teams who have really good power plays or have like decently rated power plays. So I think for what the expectation is of the team right now and like what we as fans can expect, I think the PK is solid. I think our power play is not great. And like, yeah, like I don't really know why that is. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people on Twitter will say the power play has been crap for years. And the one consistent in that is Brad Larson because uh, he was in charge of our power play when Torts was here. But you would think like, and it's another thing of like, what is not being used or who is not being used the most effectively? Because if you look at who plays on our both lines of our power play, all of those people have traditionally or, like, been rumored to be really great on the power play. And, like, for some reason, it's just not, particularly on the top line, like, with Johnny and Patrick, like, there's just not, it's just not connecting for some reason. Like, Patrick Linea is known for power play goals. Like, that is something, like, when Patrick Line came to us, like, the thing they were interviewing... Like, I remember this specifically. They were interviewing Jack Rosselvick and he they asked him, what should we expect from Patrick Line, And he was like, a lot of power play goals. And so I'm just trying to figure out what is being underutilized or what is not... Like, what structure in the power play is not connecting that we're this bad? Like i would be totally fine if we were in the middle like we are on the pk but like our power play is so bad
0: really bad and it was really fascinating so brian Heder tweeted out today that they were actually doing a little bit of an experiment and it was that they were actually trying out five forwards on the first power play unit which was uh you know it didn't end up coming to uh fruition because it ended up getting switched up again but Ah, uh, fascinating that they're like trying all these weird little things. So, looking, trying to find where the freaking tweet is. that says who was doing what. But, I just know
1: that the last time we decided to do something where it was only four words, it ended poorly, and that was when he decided time, to yeah. send out three four words in overtime. But you know, That's I'm fine. not a coach.
0: You and me both, but. Essentially, I, I want to say it was, like, Ken Johnson, Johnny Goudreau, um, Gus Nyquist, Jack Roslevic, and Patty. Like, it was, like, those five. And it was mm. just, like, there, there was no defenseman. Uh, but Bjork went back into his role as the as the point person. That, just, the first play.
1: that, that concept gives me the same feeling of any time recently when we've pulled the goalie. I just, like, well, don't trust it.
0: Well, it's interesting, right? I mean, because, like, even power plays back in the day, right? Like, I mean, like, they would not switch it up. Like, they wouldn't do four forwards and one defenseman like it's typical now. They would do three and two like they always used to. And even the Jackets did that every now and again with Seth Jones and, and Zach Wierenski when you had two, like, just highly skilled offensive defensemen. But, yeah, it's it would be super interesting to see the Jackets put five out there. It's not the first time people do it. I mean, it's not uncommon, but – what a treat that would be to see how that went. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I just feel went. like,
1: oh God, I just feel like if it went sideways, that those, the five players that you listed are like the least likely to want to take a shot, like to physically block a shot. Like, like they just, that's not what they do. I mean, Jack has blocked a couple of shots that were like zingers and Boon too. But, like, Johnny and Patrick, like, it's not really what they do. And so (laughs) that makes me nervous because it can go sideways so quickly and not having a defenseman out there that's willing to just, like, throw their body. God, I miss David Savard. That they're, you know, (laughs) not willing to just throw themselves at the mercy of a puck. Like, that just makes me nervous. But, you know... Lars does what Lars does.
0: Lars does do what Lars does do. So, Laura, last question from Morgan that we'll touch on today is just what other what other hockey podcasts would you recommend? What other hockey podcasts do you listen to?
1: She asked hockey podcasts and regular podcasts, right? Like uh, other podcasts?
0: Maybe, I don't know, maybe she did. I just read hockey podcasts. Um hockey or ho- hockey or ever.
1: Okay uh you listen to more hockey podcasts so if you want to list if you want to list your hockey ones i can list some non-hockey ones
0: perfect yeah we can do that so for other me, than too I many men
1: that, i do listen to too many men
0: yeah too many men men is really good that's uh sarah Sivian, Allison of and shana um goldman goldman I always, I always want to think it's like Goldberg or like something like that. It's Goldman. Uh, so too, too many men is good. I really enjoy listening to Puck Soup. Puck Soup is fun. It's it's zany. It's like. Nothing too crazy. And they also touch on the Jackets every once in a while, although they're a little bit more, like, jaded <laughs> coverage of the Jackets, which is fair right now. I mean, I can't I can't really say that I disagree with any of their takes at the moment. But but then you also have, I mean, like, we've got some fellow Blue Jackets podcasts that I listen to. So you've got Bucket and Boom, or you've got the Artillery, uh, you know, listening to J.J. Jackets, you know, all sorts of different ones that, and I'm probably forgetting some, and I feel like a total Locked asshole. On for, like, Locked on Blue
1: Jackets. Locked
0: on Blue Jackets. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously good to get get takes from other folks who watch the same team and have similar thoughts as us, different thoughts than us. I think it's always good to hear from people that maybe don't share your same opinion on the ice, and so that's always fun. Uh, I'm trying to think if there are any other hockey ones. I mean, uh, oh, my God, to- 32 Thoughts is like my – I was going to say,
1: you listen to 32 Thoughts.
0: It's like my Bible. I listen to it like like – it's my, you know, ritual. It's every week, every... Well, I guess they release two episodes a week, usually. Um, the, you know, they do a thing called the in season Stanley Cup where what the way it works is, like, you start the season, you draft your teams, and so this year, Colorado starts with the Cup, and then whoever they play, whoever beats them first, then takes the Cup, and then whoever, like... It basically just goes like that. And oh. whoever has the most at the end of the year wins the pool and so i feel like we need to do that next year for the show but yeah no 32 thoughts is actually probably my favorite one 32 thoughts and Soup are my favorite generic ones um there are some other good generic ones out there too um too many man too many men is up there too so a lot of good ones laura talk to us about let's start it with i'll do what you did too because i also love my favorite murder i listened to it for the first time in like a year the other day so
1: did it bring you joy because it brings me joy every week
0: I was driving back from from Ohio, and I was just like, I need to, on this 14-hour drive from Nashville, I need to listen to something other than just hockey on this drive.
1: Yeah, so I am a huge um, true crime person, fan, um, when I'm not talking or listening or watching hockey, and so if, I, I mean, I listen to a million true crime podcasts, like, if you want to go the basic, like Dateline is such a good, like I think they release twice weekly. Um, obviously my favorite murder. Um, let's see. Oh, one that I really if you if you want an Ohio-based one, there's a really great podcast series about the Pikedon Massacre that um, family who about four or five years ago massacred um and the uh, another family and then ran away to Alaska and it's currently in trial right now so if you want ohio related true crime the Pac- the the pike Town massacre podcast is really really good and i also enjoy like comedy things and like lighthearted stuff cuz obviously murder gets a little overwhelming and when your hockey team isn't doing great either so if you want a like kind of funny like lighthearted like celebrity based podcast i listen to life is short with justin long and it's basically he just interviews uh various celebrities and they have really great um just lighthearted conversations about things and um yeah i just i really enjoy justin and his movies and he's a really great interviewer and he does something that i think we should adapt at the end of our like interview episodes which is like a a rapid fire round um, of various questions. Like he asks people like what their favorite ice cream flavor is. um, If they had a sandwich um, named after them, what would be on the sandwich, what their favorite, like just random things like that. Um, So it's a really fun and lighthearted, but I listen to a million podcasts. They're like my life. So it's a good time.
0: Also, why Won't You Date Me by Nicole Byer is, like, another... Oh, uh, I favorite. have listened
1: to that, too. That one's really good.
0: Is, I love her. She's raunchy, but I love her. She is raunchy. <laughs> yeah, if
1: you are not one to AMA listen to, like, uh, 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 like, uh, what's the...
0: Uh, what is it? N-something? N- NC 17? NC-17. NC-17. Yeah, that's her. She's, like, really, like, uh, she yeah she's great though I love her a lot and she just did an episode Not that long ago with Caleb Huron who's that Guy who if you remember like during quarantine Used to record those things where he's like POV you're telling me That like a story it's like a terrible story but like it's it's like he and he's just like reacting he's hilarious so go check that out i think Mm -hmm. it's like saying he's hilarious so folks that's gonna wrap it up for the questions that we have laura is there anything else on your radar as we wrap this one up before the people get ready to watch if you're listening now on saturday like before the people go to watch the bruins game or before they continue on with their life hopefully this episode's evergreen enough to where if people don't listen to it right away on saturday then they're going to be able to listen to it uh, afterward and still get something out of it but what what else is on your mind
1: yeah nothing really just that <laughs> a reminder that we are tentatively well we are going to do uh, a live watch along on monday night for the blue jackets versus dallas game over on the hockey podcast network youtube page We will put stuff up on our social media on Monday so that you can have, like, the link and stuff to it. But if you want to come and watch along the game with us and hear our commentary live and in action, like, again, I know it sounded funny earlier when I said it, but we are really fun when we do these things. Like, people have told us that. So, uh, and I don't like to toot my my own horn, so... People have said it. Um, so, yeah. So, if you want to watch along with us on Monday, you can do that. But, yeah. Other than that, I'm just excited that next week means that you come home. So, and I get to see you. But that's all I got.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, it'll be good to be back in the good old 614, even though I never, like, really more of a 740 other than 614. But I digress. But, Laura... <laughs> Tell the people what they need to hear more than anything on this episode, and that's where they can keep up with the tomfoolery, lack of structure, and just the utter chaos that is Subjectively Speaking <laughs> Hockey Podcast.
1: Well, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. If you want to learn more about us or just get all of the links to all the things that I'm describing to you right now, you can check out our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you would like to do some last minute Christmas shopping or get some stuff for yourself and also support your two favorite hockey podcasters at the same time, you can support our, or you can check out our merch store, uh, subjectivelymerch.com, which does, as I said before, have all of our designs up there right now courtesy of our incredible graphic designer steven knicky and we'll hopefully have some new designs in the new year so look out for that and then lastly you can rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on particularly if you're on app podcast scroll on down hit five stars it is our favorite number and again we don't know how the algorithm works we just know that likes reviews subscriptions stars all that sort of stuff helps us move up and get noticed in the hockey podcast charts, and brings more people into this lovely little community of ours. So, other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much.
0: That we do. Jeremy and until next time, mimicking
1: me the whole time. <laughs>
0: I was, yeah. You, if you're good at one thing, it's staying on track with that that script. You would think that you're reading an ad read when we do that but that is all from the dome folks so uh until the next time we come to you which will presumably be tuesday like i mean at this point like we're already going to be recording a live so we're probably just going to keep recording a podcast after that so so that one will be be episode
1: 150
0: excited it'll be episode 150 so you're going to want to check that one out maybe we can try to line something fun up for that but until next time make sure you take care of yourselves take care of one another and we will chat with you soon
1: bye